This is an ABC podcast. I'm nearly 50 years old. There's no way I'm getting a $400,000 house. So I have to think smaller. And I'm going to try and find a way of getting my own home, even if it is a little box. Hey, I'm Larice Dixon. In this episode of the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up, you'll hear more from Tabitha, who still hasn't given up on the dream of her own home in The Hunter. She's just downsizing her dream. But you'll find out from the experts if tiny homes are a realistic solution for the local housing crisis and for the rest of Australia. Well, I was homeless. Um, I'd been homeless for nearly, what, I think two years. And so I decided to uh, move out of Newcastle because um, I really didn't have many um, family members there. I didn't have, all my friends had like gone away because, you know, Mm -hmm. having children and been through a breakup. So I lost all my friends and family during that. If it happens this time, I don't think I'll live through it because I've had to live through it twice before. And I'm trying not to cry here. It's been 10 years since Tabitha moved out of Newcastle to Cessnock. She was raising two kids while sleeping rough and had to move away from her two other children who lived with ex-partners. She had to leave a lot behind, but she also thought that was the last time she'd be on the street. But with her rent about to go up, the walls are closing in. I only earn, um, say between 1200 and 1700 a uh, fortnight and there's $1,000.20 gone for rent. Mm. And that has to be paid first. Mm. Um, Centrelink has taken most of my family payment away from me. I do not get um, new start. So I'm pretty much living on what I earn. I'm wrecking my brain from the time I'm awake to the time I go to sleep to see what I can come up with that's not going to cost me and it's not going to cost somebody else. Tabitha's solution is to think inside the box. She's eyeing up a two-metre by six-metre tiny home, which she can put in someone's backyard. You know, this would probably cost me around 50000 That's because it's on wheels and I can move it wherever I want, you know, instead of paying 350 to 400 500 600 rent. You know, if we can pay that, we can pay off a loan. Most people would have a home over their heads if they'd be able to pay it off. Tabitha also looks after a small group on Facebook for homeless people in the Hunter Valley. Her dream is to one day own a big block of land with lots of tiny homes to help those in need. Let us have a bit of crown land, put a whole heap of those on them and uh, so people have got somewhere safe to sleep over night time. And, you know, maybe a chaos to help them find a house and go and get it. It sounds like a no-brainer. A local councillor in Lake Macquarie recently proposed housing the needy in tiny homes. But there are a lot of grey areas, which usually come down to local council bylaws. And the rules are different all across New South Wales. We've got over 50,000 people on the housing waiting list. Um, No available rental properties in regional or cities across New South Wales. Um, I see this as a real alternative. From his tiny house up north in Tweedshire, Peter Wigley represents New South Wales for the Australian Tiny House Association. 
He's a passionate advocate for tiny houses, a passion that's not always shared by others. I'm based up in that Lismore area. I can tell you, uh, we're 12 months on from that flood and the number of people that are still displaced uh, is is extraordinary. And the amount of options that are available to those people uh, with high mortgages are a, a real problem. So I've put up an idea of an intentional tiny home community in that local government area. Um, I've even gone to council um, at one of the Northern Rivers councils and put up that area, put up that idea. And the amount of negativity that's, that's around the room is uh, it's quite amazing. A fair bit of that negativity comes from a position that tiny homes aren't consistent with planning in the area. Peter says these plans are outdated. We've actually had uh, a big change over the last 30 years. We've had you know, a, a large intake of migration coming into our areas. We've had you know, COVID, people moving into our areas. Uh, so that's putting excessive pressure on, on housing and housing stock. So creating an opportunity... I think we should be looking at getting our heads together and say, well, what can we do instead of, well, well we can't do this? Mm. You know, looking at um, an intentional tiny home community, I think we need to look at, you know, a, a pilot program where we, we, we do this and with some wraparound, you know, mental health services that actually inject into that community to support members uh, who are living. There. And, I, and I think, you know, we're ready for it. I mean, we're willing where I think we're able, and um, I think that's going to be the starting point. When it comes to individual tiny homes, a lot of New South Wales councils will allow them to be put on a block where there's a family connection. Typically, the tiny house needs to be mobile or able to be moved along if needed. So it's not exactly a concrete solution under current regulations. In 2019, there was a landmark case in the New South Wales Land and Environment Court where a council not far out of Sydney sought to remove a uh, movable dwelling which was located in a residential setting. And that was actually determined in favour of the people in the dwelling. So if we're trying to tackle housing, mm. we don't need everybody ending up in the land and environment court. I think stakeholders need to sit down with government and start to imagine how we can start to change this. Because it is a solution, I think it's a really viable solution and, and one which is affordable for not only essential workers, but young people trying to you know make their way in life. Now, if you go to any online marketplace, you'll usually see a few tiny homes up for sale. And as rents and mortgages rise, so does interest in the tiny house lifestyle. But it's probably quite a different way of living than what you're used to, if you take it from those who've lived in tiny houses. I lived in a tiny house. I think it's fair to say I enjoyed it. It was good. I think there's something liberating about living a life that's more simple with less possessions. Steve Denshire is a local builder in Newcastle. He built his own tiny house in his workshop and ended up staying there after a breakup. But long term, it wasn't a good option with two young kids. And he's not sure it's the best option for other people. But often people are approaching me in terms of needing somewhere to live at a cheaper uh, cheaper price and, and trying to um, fill certain qualities of life that they don't, may not have. And, and often I, I, I do sort of yeah, um, guide them in different directions. Hmm. But I would say that whilst it is achievable to live in a tiny house with the family, um, us 
individuals in Australia living in a rich country, living in a in a in a place where we're fortunate to be in, nine times out of ten can um, achieve a better quality of living standards than a tiny house for a family. That said, some people can't, and a tiny house or a caravan is appropriate. And even you know, some people live in tents. When he went to sell his tiny home, he got about sixty thousand dollars for it, but it took two years to sell with a lot of prospective buyers only flirting with the idea of a tiny home. His words of caution are to know what you're getting into. When you compare it to the one I built professionally for someone for 150 grand, um, I don't think, in my personal view, that was good value for money. Um, I can honestly say that uh, because the client knew exactly what they were getting into. That's that, 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 that They got their right to their own personal view. They said to me, Let's go ahead and build it. That's what I want. And I said, okay, that's fine. Yet as he looks around at the current rental crisis in Newcastle and across Australia, he accepts that some people may not have any choice. I think it's it's better than um, the current residential housing market. If people have access to a tiny house or a caravan, yes, it is a solution. I, um, like I say, I've been a residential builder for 20, 25 years. My passion is in sustainability and environmental conscious um, construction and it's my view that there are other ways to address the uh, housing crisis as a, um, as a country than saying tiny houses are the best option. They're the best option that the layman um, has dreamt up, us people in the community, but as professionals who, who work in design and construction and that sort of thing, I think there's better things we can do. With her own future hanging in the balance, I asked Tabitha if she had any advice for people going through a rough patch. Oh, I don't know. Just some hanging in there, you know, wreck your brain trying to think a way of getting yourself out of that situation. But um, it's hard. It's hard because sometimes I don't even know what to say to them, even though I've been through it. That's it for this week's episode of the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up. If this episode has raised any issues for you, please reach out to Lifeline on 13 11 14 or the New South Wales Homeless Information Service on 1800 152 152. The Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up is presented and produced by me, Laurie Dixon. It's also produced by Michael Black and Toby Hemmings with digital production by Keely Johnson. Executive producers are Blythe Moore and Lucia Hill. If you like the pod, give us a review wherever you get your podcasts and like us on the ABC Listen app. And if you've got an idea for a story you'd like us to look at, you can reach me at newcastle at abc.net.au. I'll be back next week with more local stories from around Newcastle and the Hunter Valley. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.